This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 11, Whitelist. In this episode, Adam and Peter discuss using the whitelist. Only the applications that we trust are going to get into this party. All right, Peter, we are going to continue in step nine in your 10 critical steps to survive a ransomware attack. And uh, I will admit you list this one as probably one of the most difficult, and I would agree. <laughs> yes, yes, and, well, yes and no, uh, because I did just learn something at a uh, conference that I was just at this week about uh, this, about a tool that makes this a lot easier. Oh, but, that'd be great. Yeah, that said, we still want to... Um, we still want to get some some outside help with this one. So, uh, step nine, and take heart, people. If you've been with us this long, we're almost there. <laughs> um, and this is the last technical type of control that you need to be doing. So, um, as I said in the original uh, white paper, this step takes some effort, and you do not want to try this yourself without the help of a competent IT person. Uh, that said, it is a very, very effective way to stop ransomware and just about every other kind of malware dead in its tracks. Uh, so I thought about it when I was putting this that I should have maybe made this step one right off the bat, <laughs> but I was afraid that that was going to scare people off. So mm -hmm. I did something much more controversial, as you recall, uh, about uh, the... Uh, uh, dropping your administrative rights. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, everybody you know, loves that. Yeah, they love <laughs> that. So this is actually along the very same lines. And again, it follows the principle of least privilege, which is a cornerstone of security. And not just computers security, not just information security, but security in general. And uh, what we would do in this case is we would allow only whitelisted applications. Now, Adam, as you know, uh, a basic concept in security, whether it's firewalls or whatnot, is a concept of blacklisting or whitelisting. Mm -hmm. And if you are blacklisted, uh, for instance, it is generally means that you are not, uh, you're not allowed access. So, for example, if we had a web content filter with a blacklist, it will say, okay, these are all the websites you are not allowed to go to during work hours. For example, playboy.com, amazon.com, facebook.com, all those things. So you would maintain a blacklist. That's one way to do it, and it's fairly effective. But what it says is, what it assumes is, we know everything that is possibly bad, and we are going to deny you access to that. So think of this as, um, you know, if you're a parent, your uh, kid is, uh, you know, getting to the age where he or she is starting to hang out with the wrong crowd. So you say, do not hang out with Bobby across the street. That kid is trouble. Okay, great. So your kid says, yes, mom, yes, dad, I will not hang out with Bobby across the street. I will instead go down the street a little further and uh, hang out with Jimmy, who's even more trouble than Bobby. <laughs> yeah. But since he's farther away, you didn't know that. You, didn't, you never told the kid not to hang out with Jimmy, right? Mm -hmm. So what you did is you blacklisted Bobby, but this allowed Jimmy. Okay, so the 
inverse of that is a whitelist. So instead of telling your kid or your computer in this case what is bad and you can't do, we're going to tell them what is good and what you can do. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying you cannot play with Bobby and Jimmy, we are going to say you can play with Ralph <laughs> and you can play with Eddie because these are good kids. We trust them. We know the parents. We know the family. Part of the same PTA. It's all good. <laughs> so that's an example. And the same example is um, applicable to running applications on your computer. So instead of trying to do what traditional antivirus does, which is saying, okay, I've seen this suspicious file.exe before. It's known malware. I'm going to block it. We're going to flip this upside down and say, this computer is only, uh, to do its day job, uh, the, the person using this computer only needs access to, for example, Microsoft Outlook, Word, Excel, and QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we are going to make it so this computer will only allow Outlook, Word, Excel, and QuickBooks. And when the person tries to fire up something like Solitaire, or install iTunes or Pandora or something else like that on this system, it simply will not work. The mm-hmm. computer will maybe optionally generate an error or not. Maybe it'll just silently not do anything. But what's really nice is when it tries to execute that suspicious email attachment that came in that someone clicked on because they were just so curious or that additional download from a web page that it tried to install – uh, the computer will not actually do it. It will mm-hmm. stop right in its tracks and say, this is not a known whitelisted application. I will not execute it. And right now, this is probably the best thing going when it comes to securing your systems. Uh, the operating system is smart enough to just know, hey, I'm not going to execute this. I will not run it. It is a very strong locked down configuration. The downside is it takes some work because Windows is an extremely complicated operating system. There are many, many, many moving parts under the hood. So there's a lot of pieces to it that you have to take into consideration. And this is where you need competent IT help to make sure that you don't miss anything. Because maybe you every now and then need to run the calculator that comes with Windows. Well, in our example, we allowed those four apps. Calc was not one of them, so you can't run the calculator. <laughs> or maybe you want to run Notepad. Well, that, that wasn't part of it, so you can't run it. Uh-huh. Uh, so you want to make sure that you get a thorough baseline, you know, a thorough assessment of all the apps that need to be run in you know legitimate course of work before you start doing this. That said... Uh, the actual technical part of doing this, it's not that complicated if you've done it before. And there are some tools from various vendors, and I think we've mentioned them on the podcast before. Uh, we're partners with Sophos, and we carry all of their products. And their um, endpoint antivirus has a capability to easily whitelist a bunch of applications. Cool. So it's, it's pretty handy. That said, you don't need to buy anything third-party. The capability is built into Windows. Figuring out exactly how to do it, you need to work with somebody you know who knows. Because I'm on this podcast, we are not going to start giving out 
uh, advice on how to edit the registry or set technical things like group policy and other things on your Windows domain controller. I'm throwing all these buzzwords out, and I'm sure we've just lost half the audience. So I'll stop now <laughs> before we lose the rest of them. So uh, that's that's pretty much it. The concept is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. In practice, it does take a little work, as I've disclaimed now for like four or five times. So uh, definitely want to uh, talk it over with your IT provider, but you definitely want to do this. All in all, it is not that big of an investment, and the reward that you get is tremendous. So definitely look into this. Well, and I wanted to kind of say who could really benefit from this. So people who are running a point-of-sale system, uh, mm-hmm. this is a perfect application for that. So like 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 Home Depot, if you've ever seen a Home Depot computer, it's yep. a computer, but it's, I mean, it's a lockdown Linux box. It does what it's supposed to do, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, yep. I've got some clients that run a liquor store. They mm-hmm. should have it completely locked down. It should do yeah. its just that. Uh, the banks. Banks should only... Bank teller machines. The teller machines should never be able to get out on the internet. <laughs> Under no circumstances should anybody be installing Firefox or iTunes on a bank teller PC. Mm-hmm. Both of which I have seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. These are things. Specifically line of business apps. But um, I want to be careful not to restrict that. You know, this is something that you could do. I'm experimenting this with this um, to a lesser extent on my own workstation. And I, you know, as part of my job, I have to install new programs every day. You know, there's something I need to test. There's something brand new that I need to, you know, test before a client, a new security tool gets released. I need these updates. Um, but what I did do is restrict it so that my, uh, computer will only execute, uh, programs that are in known good locations. So, so for instance, it won't run something that I have on my desktop and it won't run something right out of the downloads folder or the, uh, browsers temporary files location, Mm -hmm. which is where things go when you download stuff. It won't execute an exe file right out of email. Mm Mm-hmm. And at first, it was a little bit of a hassle because I'm like, look, I just downloaded the latest version of Evernote. Yes, I need this, right? (laughs) Okay, great. But now that I know I did this on purpose, I move it to an approved location. From there, I can execute it. Mm -hmm. And of course, I do that as my administrator user, not as my normal user, which we've talked about in previous previous, uh, episodes as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, this was allowed after it was whitelisted through our web content filter. So I could actually, yes, I did need this executable.exe file. Yeah. And all in all, it wasn't that big of a process. Now, getting to this step where my system has this level of protection took some effort, mm-hmm. right? But we've gone through these nine steps on our way to get here. And now we've got a pretty secure system. Yeah. And that's where we want to be. That's right. <laughs> But we're not quite done. Not we'll quite done. <laughs> we'll get to that. The last thing that you need to do in step 10. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.